and welcome back. Uh, it's Anne and Emily Wrestler Podcast. It's episode 47. My name is Anne Lease. And yeah, we're feeling better almost, although it's about to change really quickly. Um, and of course, as always with me, you do have. She is the greatest heel of all time. She is the Vicar of Doom, the Reverend Instruction, the co-holder of the only eight-star match in professional wrestling history, descending from the Raptors in the Genic Sting stole from her. It's Emily the Raven. Caw, caw. <laughs> yep. I'm here. And, and we're now here. I'm everyone's problem. <laughs> Buddy, you ain't never been a problem. <laughs> You, you, seriously, for those of you who've never met either of us in real life, first of all, we're identical twins. Yes, we are. So, and second of all, um, we are absolutely, I am the problem one. Emily's the one always bailing my ass out of trouble because I pick, I pick off, I pick up, I pick the fight with the biggest bitch in the yard and then I have to ask Emily to help. (laughs) Oh, and I will. (laughs) I mean, and em- Emily comes in basically like Saitama from One Punch Man and just just knocks knocks the bitch out in one punch. So I look like a kitten, but this kitten has some long ass claws. Let's just say that. Yep. All one thousand and four of Chris Jericho's one thousand and four holds in ninety seconds, <laughs> or less, or your money back. Yep. <laughs> All right, but you know we have to start with the most important thing, and we have to keep starting with this most important thing. And we're still using our Twitter, even though fuck Elon Musk and fuck the fact that that he's trying to charge people for blue check marks. So now we have no idea who's who, which is just going to lead to more scamming of people pretending to be famous people and getting people to send them money and gifts because, you know people are dumb like that and i'm sorry that i'm sorry to call people who get scammed dumb but honestly if you think a famous person is asking you for money and you should send it to them then you are very wrong and really seriously sorry i'm sorry you got scammed i'm sorry you're that gullible but wow this is getting worse but we've been using the twitter recently to continue to push back against this idea and i didn't put this in the notes this idea that keeps popping up on the internet wrestling community that Sami Zayn and El Generico are the same person. No, mm-hmm. they're not. Mm-hmm. Let's, 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 be, let's just be fucking clear about this as, as clear as we possibly can be. And this is, this, I, I posted a side-by-side picture that you can all go and see. This is on the, this is on the 15th. This is the last week. On the left, you have El Generico who is clearly wearing a mask and a cape. On the right, you have Sami Zayn, who is clearly not wearing a mask and a cape. Yes, they're both incredibly handsome men. They're both nearly perfect professional wrestlers with red hair and beards, but obviously they're different people. Okay? Can we just be clear about this? (laughs) Did Sami Zayn ever show up in PWG or Ring of Honor? Or Impact? No. El Generico did. Did El Generico ever show up in NXT or in WWE? No. Sami Zayn did. Did Sami Zayn one time wear an El Generico mask in NXT? Yes, but that's because El Generico 
trained him. Mm-hmm. We well, all and, know this. And can I just add, I've met El Generico, and his English was excellent, but Sami Zayn, his English is next level. Mm. So... And I've never heard El Generico speak French. Different people. Yeah, different languages. Different people. people, Both great wrestlers. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I I, I bring this up because Impact on their uh, YouTube subscription service um, played a... uh, had had a match posted. Uh, I can't believe this was a match in Impact. Of Sammy's, of uh, see, it's even got me doing it. Of El Generico versus Amazing Red, which, by the way, great match. Go watch that match. But El Generico is not Sami Zayn, and stop acting like these are the same person. They're just not. Okay, all right. I I, I don't know what to tell you, fucking marks who 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 see all these conspiracy theories behind your professional wrestling, very clearly. El Generico is in Mexico helping orphans. Sami Zayn is the current unified WWE World Tag Team Champion with Kevin Owens. Now, Kevin Owens is the only person who really knows both people because he's been a tag team champion with El Generico and with Sami Zayn. So there you go. Hmm. There you go. And we do know that Kevin Owens is Kevin Steen. I mean, that's obvious. You can see they're the same person. (laughs) <laughs> it's just a name change because WWE has to own everything of, of their wrestlers. Ugh. Seriously, people, come on, head out of the sand, stop being sheeple. And speaking of things that we need to talk about, we started off with the light bit. Let's get into the serious bit. At WrestleCon over WrestleMania weekend and week. Uh, Impact Wrestling uh, Knockout, Giselle Shaw, who last year came out as trans. She had been wrestling since 2015. No one knew she was trans. Um, Decided to come out in 2022. There's a whole bunch of cool stuff about her coming out story and her revealing. But at WrestleCon, while signing autographs, she got accosted. I've been bullied all my life, and I've never stood up for myself because I'm scared that I would get beat up physically, mentally, or emotionally. The bullies in my life have always silenced me, but that ends today. I was at an autograph uh, signing event today at WrestleCon, and while I was uh, walking to my table, I hear someone yelling, You're a man. You're a dude. You're a piece of trash. you, You are filth. Get the fuck away from here. I kept my head down uh, and, and kept walking as I did not want to acknowledge that hate. When I arrived at my table, I spoke to another Impact Wrestling talent who was at the signing with me and mentioned the incident. It didn't sit well with me and because I wanted to know who was saying that because it's unacceptable. Uh, so I decided to take a walk in the area and I hear the same person saying the same derogatory comments. I looked at the person. It was Rick Steiner saying those statements. I was shocked and could not believe that this was happening. To have someone saying those comments, who a lot of people look up to and consider their hero, was quite shocking and disheartening. I was in disbelief, so I asked him, excuse me. He kept repeating those hateful phrases and started yelling at me in a public setting. It was inexcusable and unacceptable. Another disappointing part about this whole incident is there were a lot of other wrestling legends who just sat there 
turned their heads away and did not want to get involved or stand up uh, for what's right because it involved one of the boys. Judging from that experience, it was more important them to watch something wrong go down and as, as, suppose, as opposed to standing up for someone who's being bullied and doing what's right. I'm not writing this because I want sympathy. I am writing this because I am done being bullied to silence. Today is International Transgender Day of Visibility, and I'm standing up for myself and for other people who go through the exact same situation on a daily basis. I want everyone to know what, a, what kind of a deplorable person Rick Steiner is and that this cannot be tolerated. This keeps happening because people let it slide and do not take any action. If you do business with these type of, with these type of people, then I will not do business with you. I want to thank all of my impact peers who were present during the incident and tried to defuse the situation. Unfortunately, a member of that same peer group was also verbally accosted uh, by Rick Steiner being called a F uh, earlier in the day. I am very fortunate uh, to be working alongside such incredible people in a company that has no room for hate, bullying, or judgment. We're not just coworkers, but a family. And this just was amazing. Um, now, first of all, Emily, hot take on that. Well, I, you know, just, I, I guess I want to know who else stood up for her. And I mean, I, I saw that. Steiner was um, banned from WrestleCon as a result, uh, which definitely is important, but there should be other consequences in my mind for pu public behavior at an event towards, you know, anyone and then also another professional. So, you know, I I wish that this hadn't happened and I'm also mm -hmm. not I'm also not surprised that it's Steiner because of ways that he has treated people in the past and I know he had some popularity as like a meme, you know, there was a lot of uh malpropisms or <laughs> <laughs> whatever you want to whatever you want to call it uh not just that either but you know he had some popularity from being a meme but like kind of let that go if you're a wrestling fan don't use steiner memes and look into well, most of that was scott steiner to be fair let's not mix our steiners up but well yes okay no better but that's the thing the two of mm. them what i was what i was coming to is Look into some of the behavior the two of them had in the locker room. You will be horrified. And, um, mm -hmm. you know, neither one of them should be uh, even a meme. Yep. So. So here's, here's a short list of people who stood up for Giselle Shaw. For starters, my all-time favorite British independent wrestle, wrestling uh, company. Progress Wrestling, um, where I actually said on our Twitter, Progress has always been one of one of my and favorite promotions, even more so now. Um, 
and someone someone progress actually appreciated that tweet but someone's like virtue signaling i'm like shut the fuck up don't talk to me um but also goddamn fucking legend rock and roll express hall of fame member ricky morton I'm deeply sorry you had to go through this absolutely horrible and heartbreaking. Sending love and will absolutely stand up for you. Ricky Morton is a fucking legend. Mm-hmm. Um, lots and lots and lots of people re- replied to uh, Giselle's post. Several people from all across the West wrestling spectrum uh, in various companies, including Will Ospreay, B. Priestley, a um, bunch of WWE and Impact people, lots and lots of people, and of course, our man Brian Zane, who is one of the people, who's the person I saw it from because I wasn't following Janelle, Giselle Shaw. We are now. Because <laughs> don't spend enough time uh, watching Impact. And clearly, just the reaction of the Impact locker room that is like very much behind her. Yeah, absolutely. You know, the last person in the world you want to piss off is Jordan Grace. <laughs> Don't piss off. Don't, especially with the body transformation that woman has put herself through. She was already, in in my mind, fucking stacked. She is even more ripped than she was before with the way she's been working her body recently. Oh my goodness. She is the scariest person on the planet. And Jordan, if you're listening, we mean that with the utmost respect. And you are fucking gorgeous. You are fucking gorgeous, and you look amazing, and you're an amazing professional wrestler. If you have not seen Orange Cassidy versus Jordan Grace on YouTube, you should go look it up, because it's a good fucking match. And it was my introduction to to, uh, Orange Cassidy. So, uh, Progress, uh, Impact, WrestleCon, Apologize. Kevin Nash on his podcast is like, what the fuck, Rick Steiner? Um, (laughs) But Kevin Kevin Nash has always been the best member of the Click. Um, not the best wrestling member of the Click, but he's like super pro LGBTQ plus. Uh, so yeah, this is just, and well, I'm kind of just, I'm I'm kind of disappointed in Braun Breaker who has not spoken about this. And then again, it's not his job to call his father out. It really isn't, and I can only imagine that's a hard thing for him to have to do. And I don't know if he shares his father's dumbass, horrible feelings, but I'm still a little disappointed in him. Yeah. Well, and I did see also that um, Chris Jericho spoke out mm-hmm. and, oh, yeah. um, you know, offered support as well. And that he, you know, Jericho said that he would love to discuss this with Steiner anytime. It's 2023, dude, grow the fuck up. Yep. Um, so, yeah, you know, um, just just a, ter- a, a terrible event, and I am glad that there was a collection of people that spoke out for it and offered support, so. Yep. And, you know, big up to Impact Wrestling, who's put up multiple statements supporting Giselle Shaw uh, before and after. Um, Impact Wrestling has really just gone from being this this bad tits and ass joke to being one of the best companies. I mean, 
they really were ahead of the game for major North American promotions and women's wrestling. We've said it before on this on this show. Go back and watch the series of matches between Awesome Kong and Gail Kim. It's one of the best women's feuds of all time, if not the best women's feud of of at least the aughts. I mean, there's certainly nothing better uh, as far as women's feuds during that time. Maybe Trish and Lita. I don't know, but they didn't. Other than that one main event match on Raw, they didn't really get a lot of opportunities to really show what they could do together. Um, but yeah, just oh, Impact Wrestling is doing such good stuff, and their shows recently have just been fantastic. And unlike WWE, they don't think that women stop being wrestlers at thirty-three. But you know, Vince is gone. So that's supposed to stop, but you know, mm. yeah. <sighs> I'm sorry. I'm still mad about Lady Frost being told that they don't hire women her age. It's Lady Fucking Frost. She has the, she has one of the top four moon salts in the business. I was about to say she has the best moon salt, but Christopher Daniels does have the best moon salt ever. And you do have Charlotte's twisting moonsault, which is unparalleled in a lot of ways, except for Io Shirai's moonsault, which is just fucking poetry in motion. So there you go. <sighs> Any last thoughts about this Rick Steiner being a transphobic piece of shit? Scott and Rick Steiner have always been bullies. And... um yeah, if the, for for the people out there saying, well, it didn't happen, this is all just made up, enough people are pretty much verifying it happened, you stupid cunts. So stop it. And Rick Steiner's had plenty of opportunities to, to say that he didn't do this, and he's not saying it. Because I think, at least I hope, he feels a little bit ashamed. <sighs> and maybe he's just keeping his fucking dog-faced gremlin head low. <laughs> all right let's move on from talking about transphobes and talk about time warner discovery time warner is thinking about bidding for monday night raw this has not been super confirmed but a couple of people who are in the up in the upper echelons of discovery time warner have let it slip that they're interested in getting involved in the bidding for Monday Night Raw. I don't want to tell a company what to do, but I think that we need to stop looking at raw ratings data as an raw ratings data, sorry. Looking at TV ratings data as though it means anything, because it doesn't. The real issue is engagement, and there's not enough people right now engaged with the WWE product. There are people who watch it every week out of habit because they're not, for some reason, watching any of the other really great wrestling. Although, to be fair, from July until March, Raw was really good, and I'm very sad. I'm very sad. Um... <laughs> 
but this would be bad news for AEW because it would mean that they would probably get squeezed out of Time Warner. And I'm just like this. This doesn't seem like a like a good plan for Time Warner Discovery or Discovery Time Warner, whatever the name of the fucking company is. Emily, what are your thoughts about Discovery and Time Warner wanting to get involved in the bidding for Monday Night Raw? Hmm. I don't know. I don't know if I have an opinion, to be honest. Hmm. <laughs> I'm at a weird stage where I'm just like, I would like to pretend that WWE doesn't exist. <laughs> You've been in that stage for about four years. So. Well, no, I think it's new. I think I've reached a new level. I'm reaching a new level. <laughs> You've leveled up, is what you're saying? Um, as a WWE, as an anti, maybe, maybe I have. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> I I think this is uh, from a business standpoint. This doesn't make a whole lot of sense. You've got your own homegrown brand that you've been working together with, and it's paying dividends. AW is actually making uh, Discovery Time Warner money. So I don't see why they'd be willing to jeopardize that relationship. And um, uh, this is just, it's it's annoying to me. Because I think that while Dynamite is not a perfect wrestling show by any stretch of the imagination, it has its problems. It has big fucking glaring problems. Um, there have been several notices about production issues. They have not properly mic'd the crowd several times, and so on TV, when the crowd is going nuts, we can't always hear it. There are a lot of issues with doing live TV and being a brand new company doing it. And if you look at the, if you look at any random episode of Dynamite versus any random episode of Raw or SmackDown, the Raw or SmackDown episode is going to be much better produced and much smoother with fewer glitches live tv live tv is never perfect and it's one of the hardest things to do um but one of the issues with AEW is smoothness in its product which might not be noticeable to a lot of people um by the way there is a perfect wrestling uh weekly wrestling tv show it's nxt from 2015 to 2019 before they took it off the network and put it on on TV. It was a perfect hour of wrestling. I'm 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 sad now. <laughs> I'm really sad. Uh but I, maybe this is just stirring the pot by Discovery Time Warner. Maybe they're hoping that they can leverage a better deal out of AEW if they show interest in uh, in 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 the, I'm now thinking of the of that meme with the guy checking out the other girl as he's walking by with his girlfriend, <laughs> and that's what this feels like. So, yeah, just <sighs> anywho, no thoughts on this. Just like, yeah. <laughs> no. Okay. Just let it go. <laughs> let's talk let's talk about the person who's better than us and we know it. Maxwell Jacob Friedman. 
did an interview with Sean Ross Sapp. It was 11 minutes long, and it was one of the best wrestling interviews of the year. Mm. <laughs> um, it was it was basically uh, MJF subtly ripping on Sean Ross Sapp and saying how much he hates him for 11 minutes. Uh, and Sean Ross Sapp just kind of leaning right into it and having a good time. Uh, talk about someone who's just who's who's constantly in on what's going on, and it it what 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 annoys me about some people who interview wrestlers is they is they try to get them to break kayfabe, and a lot of wrestling journalists, I mean Chris Van Vliet, uh, Sean Ross Sapp, others know to do this with MJF. They don't try to get him to, to break kayfabe. They just lean into it because he's going to tell you the truth both ways. Um, but the 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 um, there was a recapping in the interview of MJF interviewing or uh, in, in, uh, interrupting Sean Rossap's other interviews with Thunder Rosa, which was hilarious. His interview with Eric Bischoff, which was also hilarious. Um, MJF insisting that Paul Heyman is his uncle. Um, <laughs> and MJF pretending not to know who Doja Cat is. <laughs> <laughs> and and also MJF saying that he he hates Sean Ross Sapp, but he went to talk to Sean Ross Sapp because he'd rather talk to Sean Ross Sapp than than uh, be signing autographs for action figures uh, in a, with a line of smelly wrestling fans. Wow! Just the best heel of our time. <laughs> <laughs> Just the best fucking heel of our time is it's is anyone. Is anyone better at healing it up than MJF right now? No. No. <laughs> nope. Nope. All right. And our last bit of news before we get to all the fun stuff that we've got planned for today. Major League Wrestling is going to go live. Uh, Major League Wrestling has been kind of um, um, a mid-level to upper-level independent promotion for a little while now it's run by court bauer who uh is a protege of paul Heyman's, i believe uh from the ecw days uh i know gabe sapolsky is i know that tommy dreamer is but i think that i think that court bauer also has some ties to paul Heyman. i could be wrong correct us if, if i am wrong and it's been one of the most interesting uh wrestling promotions for a while but it's never really done live shows it always does uh, recorded shows, and you can watch MLW in lots of places online, but Court Bauer is announcing that MLW is going to go live this year. And so it's going to be in a very... I mean, we're kind of really in a golden age of wrestling as far as in-ring work, access to professional wrestling, and just the plethora of really good pro wrestling that's out there. And the NA scene is, is currently really crowded uh, with two big companies at the top, um, two slightly smaller companies underneath it, although one of the big companies owns one of the slightly smaller companies. And then you've got these these big indies like GCW, and it's a really amazing time to be a pro wrestling fan because let's say for the sake of argument that you don't like WWE and you don't like AEW. Well, you have options. You can mm. watch Impact. You can watch Ring of Honor. You can watch NWA, although I don't know why you would when they put the championship on Tyrus. Um, 
And the, no, Tyrus, that's not a statement about your fucking conservative bullshit politics. It's a statement about you can't fucking wrestle. <laughs> Sorry, you can't. Uh, and GCW. And you also have tons of smaller regional promotions and uh, specialty promotions. Um, and, and we're waiting for more Mission Pro stuff. And Women of Wrestling is out there. There's just so many really good promotions right now. Uh, and MLW moving to do live events is just a great sign about what the business actually is. And that this many companies can do. Are we, are we returning to the territory days? Are we that's, starting to I hope so. That's that's what I think. I mean I mean wrestling is still big business. There's still a giant audience out there that wants lots and lots of different types of wrestling. I'm very I would be very happy just watching AEW. I would be very happy watching AEW and WWE if Vince was never involved with creative again. And there's we're not talking about that. We're not talking about that. We're not talking Go <laughs> Go to go to Fightful for that because they're the ones who have – we don't have any sources inside of WWE, and the only source we have inside of AEW is Tony Khan's Census Bubblegum. It's delicious. We're cheap dates. It tastes free. Let's just mm-hmm. say that. It tastes very free. <laughs> it does. It does. So – but this goes back to something Cody Rhodes said in one of his promos uh, with Roman Reigns uh, leading up to WrestleMania. In the promo, Roman Reigns said, you couldn't get over with the Stardust gimmick, so you quit. You went out and started your own company. You couldn't get over there, so you ran away. And, and Cody, Cody took that and threw it back at him and said, yeah, I did that, but you know what else I did? I made it so everyone else, every every man and woman in every locker room gets paid more now. The fact that they keep letting Cody talk about AEW is just is just really great. But this is also what's happening. The formation of AEW has done what we hoped it would do. It it is coming out of the pandemic creating this buzz about everything you could possibly want if you're a professional wrestling fan there's there's no shortage and that's just in america because you know again go over to my favorite promotion across the pond i really like progress wrestling i really like icw and we're both fans of new japan and stardom and dd and ddt pro wrestling so there's just so much great pro professional it's, it's the sign at the AW show. Just enjoy wrestling. It's not hard. It's not hard. We don't hate wrestlers working for other companies. We don't even necessarily hate other companies. Emily just doesn't believe that WWE exists. So <laughs> she has no hate in her heart. None. Except for, you know, baby faces. <laughs> All right, that's the news. Let's start getting into some of our features. And so uh, just to give you a bit of a peek behind the curtain, we had decided on a couple of things to talk about, some things Emily uh, 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 brought up, and we're going to do two features, but we're also going to talk a little bit about what's been so fucking good in wrestling. And there's three things that have been really good in wrestling. But before we get to that, we need to talk about possibly the creepiest book to get published in 2023. (laughs) Emily. (laughs) 
Why did you subject me to this shit? <laughs> <laughs> all right. So I, I mean, content warning for all. If you read this book, which I have not read all of it. I've read some of it. Um, I'm not paying for this book. It's it's quite a lot, and I'm not suggesting. Um, I, I just wanted to bring it up, like I just because it's it's fascinating that it exists. So um, there's a, a recent uh, book to come out, Ringmaster, Vince McMahon and the Unmaking of America by Abraham Reisman. And it still continues to be the uh, number one new release in books on wrestling. And um, it came out at the end of March. And it is what some have purported to be the definitive biography of Vince McMahon, which is interesting because, you know, one of my many complaints about vince like we could just make a list the list of jericho the list of emily um is that stephanie was working on a book about her life and career which back in the day when i was still into wwe i was very excited about her book and then and she posted all this stuff on instagram because i followed her on instagram for many years she posted like about her work on the book and she would post like some shots of her writing and she posted like not you couldn't read read what she had written but you could see that she had you know been writing this book and then um you know if probably like six months later she posted on instagram um you know i it's been decided that i cannot uh, publish my book because my father has to publish his book first. Mm-hmm. And I, I was really horrified by that. And I really, you know, I wanted to see both sides of it. And like, I know that her book would also talk about his story, but I just, I felt like very suspicious of that. So now, lo and behold, we get what is a truly inflammatory uh, account (laughs) of Vince McMahon, um, who, you know, in this book, there's also a lot of discussion of the Trump and Republican connection with the McMahon family in general. And definitely, you know, I think that this author and I have very different views on wrestling, uh, but it's it's very uh, compelling. And, um, you know, disturbing. I mean, if you don't know these, a lot of the stories that are in this already, um, it's going to be extremely disturbing to read um, because of, you know, Vince's personal beliefs and uh, how he describes like his own life and history and the, and the author pulled in, uh, you know, a bunch of quotes uh, from different interviews that Vince gave 
over the years. And so, yeah, so I, I have a, a couple of really short uh, quotes that I wanted to read from it, but, you know, and tell, give me your take on, you know, you took a look at a sample and. Literally the only thing I liked about this, about reading this was talking about Roland Barth talking about professional wrestling as art. Mm-hmm. Um, just because we're, you know, two women with with master's degrees in literature, and so mentioning the great Roland Barth, or as uh, as one of my favorite YouTubers, Shami called called him, uh, the indefensibly French Roland Barth. Um, <laughs> I mean, is there a picture of Roland Barth without a cigarette in his mouth? No, mm. no, there's not. Uh, and so I I enjoyed that part of it, but. God, I do not want to know about Vince McMahon's life, and I certainly do not want to know more about his childhood. Although it is revealing some of the stuff that's in here because it does kind of get to where a lot of the toxicity in the McMahon family comes from. Mm -hmm. Because to quote the person we're not reporting on, hurt people hurt people. And that's just making a whole lot more sense reading this. And it's just like... It, it at a certain level, some of the stuff that Vince talks about from his childhood makes me pity him more. But that's about all I got left for him, because we were on the verge of the awesome wrestling universe. God damn it! Well, and here's the thing too, though. It's that you know I know that that hurt people hurt people is a famous quote, but there are millions of people that have gone through thing the same things that Vince or similar that Vince went through who do not do anything to anyone else. And, um, you know, you don't... I, I, I think that his, his take on what happened to him, some of the things that happened to him, um, kind of reveal, like, that innate personality or narcissism or whatever it is that he has and you know i i don't think any of the things that happened to him as a child should have happened but you know there's a big difference between going through abuse and healing and realize and and realizing like i don't want anyone else to go through any you know as as much as possible as i can i am going to be a ethical and responsible person um and that was not vince's reaction so no, it was not and and i'm not excusing his actions i'm saying i didn't want to know this shit um and yeah. sorry you went through terrible things as as a, as a child and even as an adult vince but yeah. wow it does not excuse your behavior Yes, and how he frames it, it's very clear that his reaction to it, you know, or at least the reaction he reports is very different than how most people would react to the things that he experienced. Um, but the part, you know, really it's that, it's the way that, that this author takes both, like, Vince's life and then also the history of wrestling and combines them and brings this critical lens that is what is really interesting to me. And 
Um, you know, one of the quotes is that um, from here, let me see, what did I want to read? Yeah, the thing that I resonated with, there's a couple of things from the introduction because I didn't want to really get into the Vince life story piece necessarily for our listeners. Because like I said, like I, I would, if you're going to read this, you know, content, more, content slash trigger warnings apply to um, the content of this book and, and things that Vince both experienced and also did to other people. Um, so the author says this new, the author is talking about kayfabe and calls uh, what he likes to call this the neo kayfabe, which I don't know if I agree with because I I think that honestly I think this is still kayfabe, but um, that the fun of watching wrestling is reading the signs and another narrative emerges and another beyond that. Suddenly the pleasure of watching a match has less to do with who wins and with the excitement of decoding it. Now, I would argue if you're a wrestling fan, you, well, certain wrestling fans, I shouldn't say all, but that you already kind of ex instinctively know this and that reading the story of the match is compelling and you do care about who wins but you know it's one of the things that i've i've talked about before that i love about AEW, and that you know when we first started recording this podcast i talked about is that watching AEW after years of um you know i had switched from watching New Japan and Shimmer to watching WWE for a while and watching AEW like reawakened my ability to like read a match and to read like the story in the um the physicality and I I gained like these new deeper skills of being able to read what was going on in in the ring and that was something that the way WWE ha is, um, you know, set up, I had lost uh, because there's, well, there's so much I could say about that. But, um, you know, definitely the discussion of, um, as well, the way that Vince, um, you know, destroyed or tried to permanently destroy the territory system and other independent companies and then now here we are like all these decades later and they've re-emerged um mm -hmm. so yeah it's it's um it's definitely i mean there's probably like a certain pe certain group of people that this book is an audience for but I just thought that the timing and the topics and discussion were pretty interesting. So I wanted to bring it up and, um, you know, just, just make people aware that uh, Ringmaster Vince McMahon and the Unmaking of America mm -hmm. it is out there and reader beware, but it's... Uh, 
it's pretty fascinating to see everything in one place, I guess. Yep. I would I would say definitely read it if you're not already familiar with the history and you want to know more of this because there's just in these expert excerpts there's some really good history about the business. Um and it's probably easier to read this than it is to listen to Jim Cornette. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's kind of what I mean when I say it's like all in one place, you know, yeah. if you if you're, if you're looking for that. And I would say too, this would be potentially a good book if you're someone who um, does any writing on wrestling. This might be also something that you want to, uh, whether you have a blog or um, maybe you're doing academic writing, who knows? Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, take a look because it's, it's, uh, it's, it's fascinating. So. Yep. Well, let us move on from, from this, which I'll need a couple of shots of whiskey to get over, um, <laughs> and talk about some fucking good wrestling. Okay, Emily and I are about to be on opposite sides of the aisle right now, <laughs> because the feud between the Elite and the Blackpool Combat Club is absolutely has absolutely supplanted the bloodline feud which is mostly petering out right now as the best ongoing story in professional wrestling i hope they can keep this going for a couple of months beyond the next aew pay-per-view and i hope it doesn't get stale with the people involved in it i doubt it will get stale but Oh my goodness, do I look forward to every Wednesday and Friday to just watch whatever the fuck the Blackpool Combat Club is doing. Because, yeah, that was good. Um, last week, the match between the Blackpool Combat Club and Nakazawa and um, Brandon Cutler, that was not a good match. It wasn't supposed to be a good match. It was a brutalization of Cutler and Nakazawa. With Kenny coming out to his New Japan theme in just jeans and no shirt. Sorry, I had to exhale there. Um, <laughs> and then the Young Bucks popping up behind the Blackpool Combat Club for super kicks. And then this week, with all the with with, with the promo in the ring and the fighting, and uh, Takeshita joining uh, the Elite uh, at least temporarily by the hand of Don Callis. Part of me thinks that Don Callis is actually. Uh, on the side of the Blackpool Combat Club and is convincing them to convincing them to attack the elite because he's afraid Kenny Omega is going to leave him now that he's now that now that the elite are kind of basically straight up faces. They're not even tweeners right now. They're just straight up faces. And the Blackpool Combat Club is very much tweeners. Emily, how much of this have you been paying attention to? Well, I have barely been paying attention to it but it's uh it's some spicy content <laughs> it's some really fucking good content and this is where we're going to be an opposite side to this because i really want the blackpool combat club to come out on top of this feud i it yeah it oh we're not going to be on opposite sides you want the elite to come out on top i well Okay, no, keep going. Keep going. We'll see. Here's, we'll see. Here's the thing. At this point in time, the Elite and the JAS are pretty much the made groups in AEW. They don't 
have to go over every feud that they're in. That's why House of Black is holding the trios titles right now. Because the JS and the Elite don't need titles to be relevant. They've got the EVPs in one faction and Chris Jericho in the other faction. They can do whatever they want. They can just have fun, cool matches and shit. And that's a great thing for, for, for both of those groups. The Blackpool Combat Club has felt a little bit rudderless since William Regal said, hey, I'd really like to go back to WWE uh, because my son is wrestling and I want to, you know, I don't really want to be an on-screen character anymore. I want to be, you know, I want to be working behind the scenes and I want to be working with my son, which, you know, who can blame him? Seriously, honestly, who can blame him? William Regal is also the only person to get paid by both companies at the same time because after he got released while he was on his non-compete compete clause, um, Tony Khan approached him and said, hey, we've got this thing that you can do. And this is William Regal telling, telling um, Inside the Ropes this. He called up Vince McMahon and said, hey, there's this thing I can go do for AEW. Is that okay? Vince said yes. And William Regal is the only person who's, who got paid by both companies at the same time. Cool hmm. story, bro. Uh, so there's there's just and and then he's like, you know, I, I want to go do this. And the Blackpool Comic Club just kind of fell apart without him there. And then Moxie lost the world title to MJF because of William Regal. And Danielson went home after losing to MJF. But since Danielson's return is kind of acting more as the mouthpiece of the Blackpool Combat Club, which, by the way, Brian Danielson as a heel when he talks is fucking brilliant. I love because you believe everything that he says because he is the best wrestler in the world. He just is. Okay? He just fucking is. He is he is so fucking good and he's been so enjoyable. Um, the brutality of this, and you know, I don't much care for deathmatch stuff. I don't really like the idea of of gouging people with a screwdriver. But have they ever made that a part of this feud? <laughs> and I'm kind of here for it. Um, I'm I just I this this is looking to be such an enjoyable feud with so many great matches to be had in it. I kind of just want this to keep going and going and going. And good God, is the Blackpool Combat Club the best thing that ever happened to Wheeler Yuta? Because mm. what the fuck was he doing with the best friends other than getting beaten up by Trent and uh, Chris Statlander on being the elite? And Wheeler Yuta has just been so such a revelation as a member of the Blackpool Combat Club. But I am loving this story i am loving the interactions i'm loving the promos i'm loving the battles i'm loving every single thing that these two groups are doing and yeah we need to get back into watching AEW regularly because holy fucking shit this is good stuff yeah as is the four pillars kind of like circling mjf so for those of you who are not AEW fans. First of all, how are you watching a show that's the initialism for for it is AWAP? Come on. We did that intentionally. We used her names to make an AEW podcast. <laughs> um, 
Jungle Boy, uh, um, Sammy Guevara, and Darby Allen are currently competing to see who's going to challenge MJF for the world title, which, first of all, been really great. Some of the best promo work we've seen out of all three, all three of these guys, MJF already great, and some of the best wrestling. We just got a really great match between Jungle Boy and uh, Sammy Guevara in which MJF paid Sammy Guevara uh, and kind of became his friend for a while and then helped him beat uh, Jungle Boy because Sammy Guevara has reportedly agreed to lay down for MJF at the next pay-per-view. Which, again, this is all on brand for MJF being being um, MJF and Sammy Guevara being a scumbag. Uh, <laughs> but absolutely go out of your way to watch... Sammy Guevara versus Jungle Boy, because yeah, after that lackluster Christian and Luchasaurus feud, this was a good time. This was a good time, and Jungle Boy looked very good in defeat. Sammy Guevara looked great in victory. MJF looked like the slimiest slime ball to ever slime a ball. Um, <laughs> and all the while, Darby Allen's uh, stinging himself up in the rafters. So another person you're just gonna have to sue because you know Darby Allen's now stealing your gimmick. Just the disrespect. Could I they know, just? It's... Could they at least have asked me? <laughs> they could have, but they didn't. So you know. <sighs> Look, all rafter stuff is trademarked Emily the Raven. Thank Seriously. you. Seriously. Thank you. Now we now we did file that trademark. We we to be fair, we did file that trademark in Bangladesh. What? I picked a random country. Sorry. Oh. <sighs> can't believe i'm finding this out now <laughs> look you told me to file a trademark you didn't tell me where to file it i got a little lost and ended okay up in Bangladesh. fair enough you're right i should have been more specific <laughs> you, didn't, you didn't say hey ann go to washington dc in the trademark and patent office and file this no you said file a trademark for me i'm like okay what do i huh and i, I, I got on the internet and got lost I you did your best. On, look, to be fair, I only ended up on eight different porn sites. So, well, I, you, know, you know, there it is. <laughs> I mean, <sighs> yeah. So, yeah, Four Pillars is just turning into this great stuff. Next week, we're going to see Sammy versus Darby. Uh, expect MJF and, and uh, Jungle Boy to be heavily involved. And several people have commented on this. This this um, MJF drawing names out of a hat doesn't really work when you could have had a round robin tournament with all three of them. That could have been much more satisfying. So you could have had Darby versus Sammy, Sammy versus mm. Jungle Boy, and Jungle Boy versus Darby. That would have been way more satisfying than what we're getting. But, you know, whatever. Booking's never perfect anywhere. And the last thing to talk about is Adam Cole is back wrestling. And we're, we're going to talk about just how much a simp Anne is for romance for a moment. Um, so recently, AEW Women's Champion and Britt Baker, or AEW Women's Champion Jamie, Jamie Hayter and Britt Baker have been feuding with the outcasts, um, Ruby Soho, Tony Storm, and Soraya and been tag-teaming a lot against them, which is about the 15 minutes that the women are being given on AEW. We're not going to stop talking about that, Tony. I don't care how much gum you send us. 
You need to give the women more time. You need to develop women's stories that aren't just about the championships. Okay? Please. Please. You, re- you really need to do this. And I know it's doable because I'm watching the other the other channel and they're doing it. Even with you know, interference from a 77-year-old sexist pig. Um, so please do more with the women's division. But I'm also okay with this, because Adam Cole comes out to have a promo with Chris Jericho a week after helping Keith Lee to the back after uh, the JS cheated to help Chris Jericho beat Keith Lee, which, first of all, should never be happening. Keith Lee should be winning everything, because it's Keith Lee. And with his natural white hair, that man is just even more gorgeous and more of a daddy than he already was, because he already was very much a daddy. Um... (laughs) God, that's a hot man. <laughs> Not, it, it, I, I risk Mia Yim killing me for saying that on, on a podcast, but you know what? God, Keith Lee is fucking sexy as hell. Uh, anywho, they come out to have a promo, and of course, Adam Cole gets jumped eventually by the JAS. And, uh, Daniel Garcia and Chris Jericho are two-on-one-ing Adam Cole when Britt Baker comes out to get in between Jericho and Adam Cole because Cole's helpless and he's just recovered from injury. So, of course, Britt's not going to stand by and and watch Adam uh, get beaten up. So out come the outcasts who apparently have an alliance now with the JAS, although they're not part of the JAS. And they take care of Britt Baker while Daniel Garcia handcuffs Adam Cole to the bottom rope. And Chris Jericho goes and gets a kendo stick and hands it to Soraya. And Soraya wails Britt Baker with the kendo stick while Adam Cole is handcuffed to the bottom rope. It was incredibly effective on me, and I've talked about this on the show before. I think Adam Cole and Britt Baker's relationship is about the cutest thing in wrestling. (laughs) I think they are a fucking adorable couple. I really loved them winning the uh, Owen Hart tournament together. I really loved the uh, the 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 um, the elite segment where Adam Cole does the point at his cheeks for the Young Bucks to kiss him, and Britt Baker comes in and kisses him instead, pushing the Young Bucks aside. Like, no, I'm gonna kiss him. <laughs> I really, really, really adore their their very adorable relationship. All the way back to the um, the uh, the photo they posted before NXT and AW were going head to head about the uh, the uh, hair bun war that they were having in their home <laughs> to mirror the <laughs> to mirror the the wrestling war that was happening on Wednesday nights. Seriously, if you don't like Adam Cole and Britt Baker, you're not having enough fun in life. And and watching Adam Cole's facials as Soraya was beating the shit out of Britt Baker was just absolutely gut-wrenching and very, very real. And it it just, it it, it really hit me. Because again, I'm super invested in this relationship for reasons that make no sense. Why do I care about two straight people? <laughs> I don't know. But as I've said, as I've said before, as I'm a romance junkie, you have to do a lot to get me to care about a straight relationship. And I really care about this on screen and off screen relationship between these two people who are actually in a relationship. But oh my goodness, I just, there's a lot of people who didn't like this segment. There's a lot of negative reviews to this segment. I thought this was really good. 
I I thought that that now Cole is super invested in a way he wasn't before, and I hope it doesn't give us a bad mixed tag match of Chris Jericho teaming with any of the Outcasts versus Adam Cole and Britt Baker. I would much much prefer to see Daniel Garcia and maybe Tony Storm against Adam Cole and Britt Baker. That would actually be a match I'd want to watch because um, I think it'd be a more interesting match. But I'm looking forward to. Adam Cole, Chris Jericho, uh, pay-per-view match coming up probably relatively soon. So yeah, there's a lot of really fucking good pro wrestling on right now. And that was just covering this week in dynamite. We haven't even talked about the fact that there were very good segments on raw. There was very good stuff on NXT. There was good stuff on impact last night. Um, if, if this podcast has one mission, it's, it's, you know, enjoy wrestling because it's so good. Mm-hmm. All right, Emily. I'm going to save your segment till last if you want to keep it there because you haven't told me what you're doing your feature on. I know. I like to do these surprise. So would <laughs> like... you still would you still like to be the main event and go last? Uh, yes, that's sure. Up to you. Okay. Because yes. I feel like I'm talking a lot because I've been watching these clips and you haven't had time to watch any wrestling. Um. <laughs> No, you're good. You're good. Okay. Because at the end of the last episode, we talked about doing these two segments, which we're going to do. And I'm going to rebook the main event from WrestleMania because this main event was wrong. And there's a lot of people, a lot of veterans who've come out and said, well, Cody should have lost because he hasn't really earned it. Blah, 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 blah. And Cody Rhodes has done some promos about the adversity that he's gone through and how that's total bullshit. Okay, good. But you know what? You sent the crowd home unhappy, WWE. The crowd was super into this. And there's a sequence towards the end of the match where Solo Sokoa has been ejected uh, ejected from ringside. The Usos run down to interfere. Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens show up beat the crap out of the Usos. Uh, Sammy Haluva kicks uh, Roman Reigns. Kevin Owens hits him with a stunner. Cody goes for the crossroads. That should have been the match. That would that was the perfect way to end the match. That uh, Cody, Sammy, and Kevin have overcome the bloodline. They've taken their titles. Roman is defeated. The Roman Empire is over. Cody has fulfilled the dream, finished the story. And then you can have Brock jump him the next night. You totally can do that. There's a much better story than what you're doing right now. It is, a, it is such a better story. But, you know, that's not what they went with. And if you want Cody to lose, there's a very clear and obvious villain to make out of this that would also make the villain that we're talking about a hero. So, hmm. here's how it goes. Night one of WrestleMania. A big deal is made out of certain faces in the crowd. You'll see where I'm going with this. Because everyone who can get a ticket, including wrestlers for other companies, goes to WrestleMania. And it's not unusual at all to see lots of wrestlers from other companies 
sitting in the crowd at WrestleMania. There are all sorts of wrestlers from other companies taking pictures of themselves at WrestleMania because it's WrestleFuckingMania, okay? So night one, just to the left of the Spanish announce table, you see two two figures on screen. No one says, no one in commentary mentions who they are, but it is very clearly two men, one of whom is MJF, the other of whom is Tony Khan, sitting front row to the left of the Spanish announce table. Everyone online loses their shit. Everyone online loses their shit. Oh my God, Tony Khan and MJF were front row at WrestleMania. Oh my God, what does this mean? What does this mean? Is 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 AEW buying WWE? Because that was one of the potential buyers um, for WWE. Is that what's happening? Of course, it's not what's happening. The Endeavor sale still gets announced the next day. Because in a lot of ways, uh, WWE being sold to Endeavor makes all the sense in the world. Talk about that more as the sale gets finalized. Um, but you just see that. The next night, they're not there. They were just there for night one of WrestleMania. Night one of WrestleMania goes off exactly as it's supposed to go off. Uh, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn beat the Usos in what was a great match, a five-star match from Dave Meltzer. Thank you, Dave. You got one right. You still didn't give Rhea Ripley and, and, and Charlotte five stars, but, you know, can't be perfect, can you, Dave? Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, that happens. The Usos are dethroned. The Usos are are shamed, so on and so forth. The interference in night two happens the exact same way. The only difference is Solo Sokoa, after being sent to the back, is restrained by WWE officials and not allowed to return to the ring because the way the match ends is there's ref interference and then Solo Sokoa shows up and gives Cody Rhodes one of the dumbest professional wrestling moves, the Samoan Spike, which is a thumb to the throat. I fucking hate this as a protected finisher, but it is. Whatever. I got... Seriously, come on, guys. Yes, a thumb to my throat would hurt me a lot, but fuck you. Um, <laughs> so, Solo Sokoa gives, gives Cody Rhodes a smote and spike. Roman pins him one, two, three. Cody sits in the ring dejected with a rubber chicken that someone threw in the ring at him. Whatever. This is a terrible finish. This is a terrible finish because it completely depowers the ref. The ref giving orders no longer means anything. So, let's not have Solo Sokoa come back. Let's have. Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens, and the Usos all interfere with the Haluva kick, with the stunner, with the crossroads. And just when you think that the ref's going to wake up and Cody is going to pin Roman, MJF's music plays. And MJF has made no secret about how he thinks that Roman Reigns is the best wrestler in the world. He acknowledges his tribal chief. He acknowledges his uncle, Paul Heyman. He calls Paul Heyman his uncle. And MJF comes down. He's not walking. No jacket. He's rolling up his shirt sleeves. And he's coming down. And Cody just, just stands there confused. 
what the fuck is going on with this? He was in the crowd last night. We talked. We hit. What's going on? And MJF gets in the ring, dynamite diamond ring in hand. Crowd is losing their shit. Michael Cole and and uh, Corey Graves are like, what the? What is MJF doing here? He's with another company. MJF can even be wearing his belt, just to just to just to show it off. And MJ and 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 Roman is like stunned. He's out. The ref is out. MJF comes in. He's like, hey, how you doing, Cody? Hey, remember? And Cody's like getting confused. Roman's slowly waking up, and MJF walks up the walks up the stairs. As Cody's like, what's what's going on here? And MJF reaches his hand out to shake Cody's hand. He's like, you're about to win this championship. I just want to be right here for it. I want to be right here for it. And Cody reaches his hand out to shake MJF's hand because he's a stupid babyface, and babyfaces always have to be stupid. And MJF <laughs> pulls his hand back, shakes his finger, and turns his back on Cody Rhodes. Cody just looks confused, and MJF turns around and smiles again, and and makes a little turning motion with his finger. Cody turns around into a spear from Roman Reigns. One, two, three. And MJF just laughs. Wow. And walks off. And he holds up his finger with the dynamite diamond ring on it, his little his little pinky finger with his, his dynamite diamond ring. And he says, I didn't even have to hit you. To cost mm. you the biggest match of your life. <laughs> and as he's walking up the stage, the cameras stay on MJF as Roman's starting to celebrate in the ring. Out comes Tony Khan. And they hug. <gasps> and they high five. What? <laughs> and Tony Khan flips Cody Rhodes the Cody Rhodes the bird. <laughs> TK, he flips no. Cody Rhodes. <laughs> Wednesday night dynamite. Wednesday night dynamite. The show starts the Wednesday after WrestleMania. The show starts with Tony Tony Khan in the ring. And the first thing he says, So did you guys see anything good on Sunday? Because I sure did. You know that guy who helped me start this company and then left for more money to the other place? Well, turns out... I have some more friends in the business than he does. And all I had to do was put in a put in a call to my very good friend, Mr. Paul Levesque. Front row tickets from me and the champ? No problem. Taking care of this little insurrectionist who's trying to dethrone the top champion, the PWI, number one rated wrestler in the world taking away the biggest draw of my good friend, Mr. Paul Levesque. And Tony Khan just keeps on breaking the fourth wall and being like, Cody, you left here for more money. You left here to finish your story. Well, your story finished and you failed. Oof. And some of you in the crowd might be thinking, well, why did I do this with MJF? Because you know what? MJF was right all along. And Tony just walks out. MJF's music plays. They embrace. We don't see Tony Khan on TV for months. We don't see Tony Khan on TV for months. And MJF is now the corporate champion. Not a rehash of the corporation because we're not going to have Tony Khan actually be an on-screen figure because 
sorry, Tony, you're not that good at it. <laughs> you're really not. You're okay. You're okay, Tony. Don't don't stop the bubblegum train. But let MJF continue to do the talking. And MJF said, you know, I got a call from my Uncle Polly. And uh, he put me on the phone with um, with uh, another Paul. And uh, we had another conversation with uh, Tony's estranged cousin, Nick. And we decided to go and prevent that no good traitor, Cody Rhodes, from having his dream. How does it feel, Cody? I screwed you twice. And then we go into the Four Pillars story. And then later on down the road, this can be revisited. But this, if you're going to make Roman lose, so if you're going to make Cody lose, make him lose the right way. Because fucking Solo Sokoa returning to, to Samoa, Samoan Spike, Cody, in order for Roman to win, was just lame. It was a lame finish. It was a bad finish to an otherwise excellent match. And this is way more fun. And Tony Khan both becomes a villain to WWE fans and a hero to a certain segment of AEW fans who are still mad that Cody left. I have more fun with this. And I just love this. I, I just love the way that the the way that in the, in the last two years in interviews, in interviews, every time it's brought up, MJF has nothing but good things to say about Roman Reigns. He has Nothing but good things to say about the bloodline. He is, he's been teasing this, I'm going to leave for WWE for a long time. And to do it with Tony Khan would be just the most fun. Just this, this, this whole idea that you can have. Because it would not be unusual to see wrestlers from other promotions in the crowd. It would be unusual to see the owner from another promotion in the crowd, yes. But it still could be very interesting. And I think that a lot of WWE fans and a lot of AEW fans would would start thinking, wow, this is really cool. Maybe we should have more crossovers. Maybe every pay-per-view should have one Forbidden Door match. I don't know. Do whatever you want with this. Maybe it sucks. Maybe it wasn't the greatest idea. But if you're going to have Cody lose the biggest match of his career, have him lose it to to the guy who made sure he could never challenge for the AEW championship again. Because that's what MJF did to Cody with his with his Chris Jericho match. And you could even put the stipulation on this match that if Cody loses to Roman Reigns, he can't challenge for the WWE championship as long as Roman's champion. I mean, that would ruin the rest of the story that they're doing, but there are possibilities here. There are better ways to have Cody lose than the way that they chose, because the way that they chose was just disappointing. Mm-hmm. Did that sound did that sound better than the match I've described previously? Yeah, see, like, I don't need to, I don't have to watch WWE. I just listen to to both your recaps of the actual (laughs) matches and then (laughs) the better, the the Anne Awesome Wrestling Universe version. Yep. All right. And now it's time for the main event. Emily has prepared a feature on a wrestler. (laughs) Emily, (laughs) take it away. Who is it? Who could it be? Anne doesn't know, and she's (laughs) she's the host, the other host of this show. (laughs) All right, so it's a well-established fact that one of the things that I love about wrestling is wrestling as an art. 
and you know a wrestler that i no longer watch because he's in wwe and who is not the feature of this shinsuke nakamura uh definitely uh explored wrestling as an art and something that i really enjoy is that concept that the ring that the literal canvas mat that's covering the ring the fact that there's a frame around it it's not only a stage uh or a, a setting for you know the this physical fight and a stage for the story but that it's also uh a canvas that you're doing art on and the the wrestling itself is an is an art both li literally and uh metaphorically that canvas uh paints a picture or the people on it paint a picture for us so what better wrestler to explore this concept with than one who started out as a literal work of art so interestingly enough i'm talking about the wrestler edith surreal who is a trans woman and um someone who has been wrestling since 2018 who originally started her career as a painting who was created by another wrestler in chikara and wrestled um under the name still life with apricots and pears um a literal painting brought to life and had a whole storyline in chikara and um was at that time um actually uh i believe maybe the first non-binary wrestler and um later uh a few years later um in exploring everything came out as a trans woman so um chikara ended and still life um as the wrestler still life edith started wrestling for other promotions one of which that i have been watching off and on and would love to do a deep dive into which is in, enjoy wrestling and Enjoy Wrestling is a, a season-based promotion that you can watch on YouTube. All of their seasons are on there. And um, you will see many amazing people on Enjoy Wrestling. So I highly recommend it. But just to kind of focus on Edith, um, in Enjoy Wrestling, she starts a still life and, um, you know, ends up in that process uh, changing her name to Edith Surreal. And there was, uh, in 2021, IWTV made uh, one of their, their um, docu-series episodes about Edith, uh, which also started to uh, include um, some elements of her transition. Uh, Edith wrestles in uh, lucha style and wears a mask and um, has completely different gear than she had when she was literally a painting um, in her in Chikara, which um, Chikara certainly 
knows how to do characters. Like, <laughs> I don't know if anyone else has ever had a gimmick that they are literally a painting. Um, <laughs> but you can see um, uh, Edith's uh, little docu documentary on IWTV. Um, the the series The Life of, which is available um, on there. And, you know, just some quick look at uh, Edith's wrestling career. Um, you can see her in a few different promotions. Um, enjoy wrestling. You can watch for free on on YouTube. Um, and in her Lucha career, she has been um, the Lucha Libra and Laughs Women's Champion. And she has also wrestled in um, Invictus Pro Wrestling and in uh, match, like, just all over. Like, you can see her everywhere. She was ranked uh, number... 140 of the top 150 female wrestlers in the PWI 500 in 2021. And she was also ranked number 192 out of the 500 singles wrestlers um, in the PWI 500 in 2021. So, Edith Surreal. And if you would like to uh get started some matches to check out any of the seasons of enjoy wrestling you can see edith wrestle you can um two matches you can see her in uh uh over on on youtube that are not enjoy wrestling edith surreal versus jc storm for the invictus pro wrestling women's championship and you can also see her wrestling in mission pro um, she had a match against La Rosa Negra, and uh, you can watch that is highlighted um, on the Title Match Network YouTube channel. Cool. And yeah, Enjoy Wrestling is on YouTube. You can find them just by Googling Enjoy Wrestling or searching it on YouTube. They've got plenty of really cool stuff for you to check out. Oh my goodness. Uh, yeah, they just started season eight. So, you know, if if you're someone that, like, you want to go through and watch from the beginning, um, just try to ignore <laughs> any spo any spoilers on the, the end of the season um, and just go down the playlist right to season one um, and you can, you know, start watching there. And it started um, during the pandemic. So you're going to see a lot of masks um, in in the first few seasons because it was during the height of the pandemic. Um, but you can also see, you know, just take a look. You can see Edith everywhere. And Edith is also a professional um, artist and, you know, does a lot of uh, wrestling related like logos and art. So it's kind of interesting that there's that art, art connection there. Um, Edith is on Instagram um, under Edith Surreal. So if you are not using Twitter right now, that's an alternative place that you can uh, find her and find out what she is up to and who she is wrestling. 
Um, she has wrestled in some trios and tag matches with Willow Nightingale, someone that, you know, I also really enjoy. And it was that sort of, it was uh, Willow Nightingale that I originally uh, got interested in enjoy wrestling uh, to watch. And there are a lot of great people on there that it's introduced me to. So wanted to highlight Edith. Um, and also, finally, recommend you. She's, she's put, done some podcast interviews. Um, and one that I would recommend is she was on the show Gender Reveal, uh, which was really entertaining for me because the host did not know anything about wrestling. Um, so it was, it was really cool, like hearing Edith talk about wrestling as art and, you know, why the, the, uh, the art aspect is so important to her, but then also try to explain, you know, uh, <laughs> what wrestling is to someone who doesn't, <laughs> who really, um, you know, didn't didn't know anything like i don't i i've tried to remember i listened to the the episode to prep for this um last week and i think one of the things that came up was um explaining like some really basic wrestling terminology so yeah awesome so yeah this is and, and the thing about it i was looking at the um YouTube channel for Enjoy Wrestling. These seasons are relatively short. A season will take you about two hours to watch. Yeah, so. it's it's very it's really super um, accessible to just get into it. And I love, I I actually really love the season format and concept. Um, so yeah, it's, it's cool. It's like it's like we're getting Lucha Underground, but mm -hmm. not not nearly as awesome insanity as lucha underground was <laughs> lucha underground was nuts oh my god it was so good though all right that was a really great thing to introduce us to that's a, that's 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 uh, us actually doing and by us i mean emily actually doing some more independent wrestling and not us just focusing on wwe AEW, and new, and new japan around wrestle wrestle kingdom time um there's so much wrestling out there there's so much great wrestling um as 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 the company is enjoy wrestling and enjoy all the wrestling that you're doing don't don't waste your time watching wrestling that you don't like anymore seriously there's too much good stuff out there the problem is i want i want i want to watch all of it because i'm also a critic and i have fun being a critic even when you know uh, and we, we, i name dropped sean ross sap a lot we've had like three interactions on twitter he has no idea who i am Unless he's one of those people who remembers all of his fans, and then he knows who I am. Um, <laughs> but but uh, Sean Ross Sapp, when doing uh, Monday Night Raw review with Denise Salcedo for the longest time, by the way, don't watch Monday Night Raw. Watch Sean Ross Sapp and Denise Salcedo at 11.10 Eastern Time on Monday nights. Review Monday Night Raw, you'll have a better time. Um, mm. even, when, even when Raw is good, because Sean and Denise are just that awesome. Um, but yeah, uh, he he said he said he said famously multiple times when people say, "Well, why are you watching wrestling when you think it sucks?" He's like, "Cause I'd rather watch bad wrestling as a job than do anything else for a living." Mm. Best answer. Um, 
But we don't do this for a living. We do it for the bubble gum and just because we're friends who love professional wrestling, we like talking about it. And yeah, it's a good time. So that was episode 47 of Anna and Emily Wrestle Podcast. And this show is a production of the Q Girls Network. And if you want to check out our other shows uh, that are going on, three of which are still on hiatus, but coming back soon, uh, you can check out the latest episode of uh, Becoming Army uh, that I do uh, all about my friend Sofer Shea's obsession of the band BTS. And we just added a third co-host named Sarah, uh, who came on to correct uh, mostly my interpretations about a, a song and video. And I love learning new things. And despite the way people tend to think about me, I actually like getting corrected. I actually like being told that I'm wrong because you only learn when you're wrong. You don't get to learn when you're right all the time. Um, <laughs> so I had, a, I had a fucking great time uh, reading the stuff that Sarah put together for that episode and uh talking to her and just and just doing that episode um and it's 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 continuing to go on because so frights that show i don't have to do anything other than show up and record it and edit it afterwards um and this show which is going to keep which which is going to keep going at regular intervals we really i can't stress enough just how bad our jobs got basically from january to april and how overworked both emily and i were we really are hoping that we can get back to watching more wrestling. We're really hoping that we can get back to doing the show. And if you're interested in the other shows that will be coming back soon, Q for Fun, which is our video game and esports show, uh, is supposed to be coming back this weekend, but I don't know. We might have to put that off another week. And uh, Anime Sweater, which is our anime review show, will be coming back in May. And View for Fun will be coming back sometime soon. I have ideas for both of those shows. And now that I'm not working 85 hours a week every week, I might be able to get those shows done. We'll see what happens. We also have to, as always, shout out Wicked Kitten's horror podcast, Gore, while not a member of the Q Girls Network. Wicked Kitten does the best podcast out of all of us, and Gore is a passion project of hers. If you if you love horror movies, you should be listening to this podcast. If you're like me and horror movies aren't your thing, but you like to learn new stuff... You should be listening to this podcast because then you don't have to watch the horror movies. You can just watch four really cool people talk about the horror movie. I'm sorry. I'm down for that. Um, and we're not going to promote any of our social media presence on Twitter because fuck Elon Musk, fuck Twitter, and fuck the rise of scammers that's definitely going to be happening right now since the change to the blue check mark rule. Thanks, Elon. Mm, yeah. God fucking damn it. Just what a piece of shit Elon Musk is. Like, he has no redeeming qualities. Oh, I'm glad. You don't have to convince me. I agree. I'm, I'm not convincing you, and I doubt I'm convincing anyone in our audience, but fuck Elon Musk, and I'm glad the SpaceX rocket blew up. I'm also glad that no one was on it. Yeah. Well, Jesus Christ. He is a terrible person. So. Yep. Hard. Hard to be worse than, than Elon Musk, but Republicans in Montana, Tennessee, and Florida are really working at it. Yeah, they're all in a club together, basically. Pretty much. All right, that is going to do it for uh, this show. Check out our other shows. Uh, you can email us at A&E... Uh, wow, I always get this wrong. Because no one ever does. A&E WrestlePod at gmail.com. Let's see if there's any emails in our inbox. This will, This is great. This is great radio content as I check the email. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Uh, uh, 
someone wanting us to to increase our sales uh nope 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 and i can tell from your from your uh email that you're a scammer um yeah nope <laughs> nothing in our inbox nothing that we need to worry we about we got nothing we got a whole lot of nothing i haven't even put up a colorful background for our email anywho that's gonna do it emily you ready to send the uh the uh, crowd home happy let's do it all right then without further ado i'd like to bid you all adieu and say goodbye and good night bang